We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 67 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. This episode is brought to you by Patreon supporters. Thank you. My name is Bethany. I will be your host for this evening. And today's special guest is Miss Amy Hall. Hi. It's good to be back. I've not been here for I know a while. It has been a while. Well, with COVID, and it's like, and the kids and school just started back up down here, Ooh, yeah. and having to get them on the computers and stuff. It's just oh, it. There's a reason why my eye twitches now. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about chapter nine. But first, what are you currently reading? Well, I have been reading uh, a couple different books. Uh, well, trying to anyways. I've been reading Stepsisters. I got like to chapter 12 of that one. But like I said, it, weird chapters. They're they're not like long pages. They're like little paragraphs and then it's like chapter 12. Oh. It's, like, like, it's just little That'll be interesting things. for when I try to actually read it. Yeah. When I get to it on my list because it's on there. It's like, <laughs> it, it feels like I'm further in the book, but I'm really not. Because I, like I can though. say chapter 12, but it's not. It's like, that's what I like about books that have like poetry in. in it. And I'm like, oh, I have accomplished so much today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've read so many things. No, you haven't. We have really read a lot of them. Yeah, and then uh, I got a Kindle. Um, I'm so excited. I, I have so many Kindle Unlimited books I need you to start reading immediately. Uh, yeah, I brought it with me so I can it's show so you. You need a case. I know, but I, I got it off eBay, so it was Exciting. super cheap, and I, and I ended up getting uh, a couple different things, and I found a really cool mode that I didn't know existed before. Which is? Uh, that uh, they have a dyslexic font. Yes, Ashley was telling me about it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know about it, and I was playing with it yesterday, and I I changed it. I almost started to cry. I Do was you like, love this it? is so cool. Does yeah. it work? Is, yeah. it, is it effective? Yeah. The, well, as far, I only read, like, a couple pages of Dead Nation. Oh, and, Dread Nation is yeah, so Dread good. Nation. Yeah, I started reading Y'all, that Y'all, I too. need to find the time to read that sequel because it's too far down my list. <laughs> uh, but Dread Nation was so great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- yeah, and when you get a chance, and anyone listening, look up K.M. Shea. K. Period M. Period S-H-E-A. Because she does fairy tale adaptations, and they're so good. They're so good. I want everybody to go read them. Mm-hmm. Starting now. Yeah. <laughs> Assigned projects. Assigned projects. <laughs> I am currently reading the Abandoned series by Meg Cabot. I've got a hundred pages left, so I'm Ooh. hoping maybe I can finish it before bed. Yay. But I don't we'll have to wait and see when I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really tired. And you got a lot coming up here pretty soon, don't you? My classes start tomorrow, you guys. Mm-hmm. I had like 28 books on my list of things I wanted to read, and I got through all but five of them. So. Ooh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Midnight Sun took me a lot longer to get through than I thought. Mm-hmm. The Twilight books are such a fast read. Mm-hmm. Such a fast read. So I think I just assumed Midnight Sun was also going to be a fast read. Mm-hmm. It was not. It was it much more complicated and in-depth. It was very convoluted and in-depth. <laughs> uh, I okay. have it. I if need you, to read it. So. If you haven't read it, just, just fair warning, it's very convoluted. And it's not what you expect. And I'm sure some people are going to love that. But for me, it was just a bit, it was a bit much. Mm. A little over the top for me. Okay. But All right. I'm, I'm Now I'm curious. It now I'm going to have to go home and start listening to it It right makes away. me want to read the other ones instead, is what happens. Oh. It makes me want to go back and read the other ones instead of <laughs> reading this one. That's what, that's what it feels like. So. Okay. <laughs> um, so before we get started, we're going to talk about Fan Art Friday. This one is from August 28th. It is from Book Artist 17 on Instagram. It is from Chapter 5 of Cress, and it is 
the same scene that we got some fan art of a couple weeks ago, but I just really liked it, so I wanted to share it again. It's when the gang sees Crest for the first time on the vid screen, and Thorne reacts with Ace's, is that all hair? Yeah. And I love that Cinder's, like, face-palming. Right. And Scarlet's face is like, okay, who made Thorne our welcome committee? He's not doing a very good job at it. No! (laughs) And he definitely, I remember this part of the book, it made me feel very awkward for her. (laughs) She, like, hides under the desk. Yeah. And I can't, she's not used to those kind of social interactions. And I'm kind of awkward when it comes to social interactions. So I really feel for her. And it's like, it's okay, Cinder Crass, it's okay. Poor thing. This is like also she's been dreaming of meeting him and she's built him up in her head as this like right this person that he's really not mm-hmm. and and since she finally meets him and she's like it's gonna be love at first sight and he goes aces is that all hair and she's like uh, maybe not maybe not. <laughs> oh yeah maybe not for both of us so big thank you the book artist seventeen on Instagram that was so much fun to share. I love getting these depictions of, like, specific scenes from the books. It's very cool. Did an awesome job. Yes, thank you. Patreon members voted for chapter titles last week for Chapter 8 of Crest, and the chosen title is Fighting for My Life by Savannah Uten, which I was really excited about because I put a lot of effort into finding that song. (laughs) I knew that that was the right song for the chapter. Like, while reading it, I was like, this is the perfect song. But I couldn't remember who wrote it. Mm. Or what the lyrics were. <laughs> I just was like, there's this song from Disney Channel. And I, like, remembered watching it at my parents' house. So I must have been, like, 20. And then I was like, well, who was she and what was the song? I was like, she has blonde hair. That doesn't help. <laughs> but I was, like, watching TV later with my husband. And I was like, oh, I know what it is. <laughs> so Love it when that happens. I was really excited when it won the voting because I was like, I put so much effort into finding this song. I need it to win. Four hours later. Yeah, it's just like that, that Spongebob meme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so big thank you to Patreon members for voting for that. And I guess that's all our housekeeping. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast. And now, back to the show. So today, we're going to talk about Chapter 9 of Cress. We left off last week with Sybil learning of Cress's attempt to get rescued, and basically, Cress tried to get away, but Sybil Sybil caught her. So that's where we left off with. It's a gun-wrenching chapter to leave on. So we're in Cinder's point of view. She just got knocked over. I love that they're all just, like, hanging out. Mm -hmm. They're, like, fighting and goofing off. Cinder's, like, still sparring with Wolf. And Scarlet is, like, on looking on at them and everything. And they have no idea what's ahead. Right. Like, they have no idea what's happening to Cress right at this moment. They're so disconnected from it. I just love that that, that's simultaneously happening. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that she does a lot in her books where there's, you read about something happening and then the next chapter, it's what's going on on the other end at the same time. Yeah. And it's cool. It's just. I love getting to see those different perspectives of what's going on as mm-hmm. well. I like getting to see the different insights into like how it's affecting everybody differently. Right. And it's got to be fun for her as the writer to take those different views and to think about it from each angle. Yeah, because for example, we just talked about Midnight Sun. It's still this the first book of the Twilight series, but it's told from Edward's perspective as opposed to told from Bella's perspective. And so it gives you insight into how Edward was feeling throughout the entire book as opposed to Bella's mm-hmm. interactions. And personally, I prefer reading it from Bella's perspective, but that's just me. 
But I know there's plenty of people that are just like, ew, Twilight, so it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cinder lost focus. She felt Wolf's energy snap right out of her, and she loses her fight. And she says she needs a moment, and Scarlet's like, you know, we probably should just quit because we're almost to the satellite. Uh, nine minutes till they get to the satellite. I love how it goes like, that's just enough time for Cinder to get beat seven more times. Yes. But I also love, I love Cinder's quip of like, yeah, but I could also disconnect your... Mm-hmm. It's a very sisterly, <laughs> yeah. like, batting back and forth yeah. between the two it's of a, them. It's a very sisterly interaction, I agree. Mm-hmm. One of those moments that you forget that Iko is... An android. An, an, an android. And not just an android right now, she's a, sh- a ship. ship. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Because Cinder says, well, it's also enough time to disable your, your audio control, so... Mm-hmm. And that be a warning. Jeez. <laughs> Scarlet says, we need to figure out how to handle this girl because she's, like, socially awkward and we don't want to terrify her. Again, more, like, witty banter because I love Thorne's response to her because Thorne says, you're asking the cyborg fugitive and the wild animal to be the welcoming committee? That's adorable. (laughs) Yeah. He's just a snarky guy. He He looks at every opportunity as a chance to be snarky. And I think that's why I love him as a character. I yeah, like he's that witty sense of humor, that banter that he always mm-hmm. ha- he always has something to say, mm-hmm. even though that he may not be the nicest person. <laughs> I think he's more just rough around the edges, mm-hmm. you know. But we'll find out more about him later. Yeah. So Scarlet says that it might not be an easy transition for her going from living alone on this satellite where she's only ever interacted with the thaumaturge to living on the Rambian, where now she's going to have all these like roommates. And Thorne says it's going to be like a five-star resort in comparison. I mean, he takes a lot of pride in his ship. He does take a lot of pride in his ship. (laughs) And that might be the only thing he can say because I honestly, other than it being bigger, I'm not sure it has better amenities other than it's bigger and it has, like, friends because she's got a lot on her satellite. She has access to, like, everything on the internet. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. Then... I think he's just assuming a lot about her life. He doesn't really yeah. know a whole lot of what her life has entailed so far. He's just so making he's assumptions. Just, yeah, he's just th- thinking that because she's on this small little satellite, it must suck there. <laughs> <laughs> My place is way better than yours. Right. <laughs> Iko is so sweet. I love her. She's going to take her virtual shopping. And you know that Iko is just dying to give this girl a makeover because she's, like, obsessed with her hair. It's, like, her own little doll, but in, like, a really cute way. And I could so see them, like, going to the mall and shopping. And Iko is like, you have to buy this. And Cress is like, I don't know. And Iko talking her into buying, like, all these wild and crazy outfits. And, oh, I just – and then I just love it. I love the idea of her, of Iko, like, playing dress up with this this mm-hmm. little – this little satellite girl. Right. She's going to have so much fun with her. They're going to be best friends forever. <laughs> yeah. And Anko says, could you picture me with orange hair? And shows everybody an escort droid. Does it have orange eyes? Or no, orange it's hair. Purple, purple eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah. The image of a model was slowly rotating, showing off the android's perfect proportions, peachy skin, and royalty-approved posture. She had purple irises and cropped tangerine hair and a tattoo of an old-fashioned carousel that rotated around her ankle. Yeah. And it reminded me very much of Effie from Hunger Games. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love the, like, concept of mm-hmm. drastic colors, dra- like, very theatrical costume choices that are actually, like, fashionable at the same time. Because because you know that Aiko is the type that would love watching, like, the fashion runways, and she yeah. reads Poised magazine. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she's got a permanent subscription to Vogue. Yeah. And she has all kinds of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that she could tell you, like, okay, you're, you're more a fall color tone or something. Right. Which I don't know my color tone, but I know people talk like that. Yes. So. I am not as into that kind of fashion world I, I feel much more like cinder where i'm like the mechanic that likes to get their hands dirty and that kind of thing like i'm not 
I'm not into I'm not really fashion. like I'm not really into fashion. I'm into do I am I okay wearing this? Like am I confident? Am I comfortable? Mm. You know? Yeah, that's true. I I don't necessarily pick things because they're, you know, fashionable. I don't have like that like a sense of style. It's more like does this match? Okay. Is it comfortable? Okay. Mm. Does it, you know, fit properly right you know you bend over and move around in it you know now there are definitely days where like i want to look cute yes but i still don't necessarily think i'm a stylistic person like i'll just wear a dress Mm -hmm. but i know people that'll wear like a dress and a matching belt and matching earrings and their headband will match and then their eyeshadow will match and then they have shoes that match and maybe an ankle bracelet and it's like i don't have all of that going on so it's like i don't have a sense of style but i like to think that what i wear is pretty yeah. 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 And most of the things that I have that are like that, that are matchy and stuff when I wear them, it's usually because my mother-in-law has come down and helped me pick out an outfit. <laughs> and so once she shows me an ensemble to put together, I pretty much use that for the next 10, 15 years. <laughs> I would like her to take me shopping uh, because I don't have that ability. <laughs> I was excited about the satellite girl and her hair because look at how much hair she has. But... I don't like that they keep calling her Satellite Girl because, like, they know her name is Cress. Yeah. They can stop calling her Satellite Girl now. Like, they know that her name is Cress. There's no reason to call her Satellite Girl. Right. I like her name. There's no reason why you can't use it. Right? (laughs) And I love that Thorne is like, see, (laughs) I go in the imprisoned, socially awkward Satellite Girl. Best friends forever. Because I could also totally see them wearing, like, those matching Claire's necklaces where it's, like, a giant heart that says best friends forever. And then there's, like, a a crack down the middle. And, like, you have a piece and I have a piece. And we have these, like, matching necklaces. Mm -hmm. I love those. I have a bunch of those still. (laughs) I had them. I just don't know where they went. I don't know where most of my stuff from childhood went. Like, it's just gone. I have a box that I've I've tried to keep as much as possible from my preteen years and stuff like that. So I have, like, a clump of necklaces that have just kind of all tangled together over the years. And they're, like, best friend necklaces. I don't even know who they belong to <laughs> anymore. See, and, like, 30-year-old me is like, oh, I should have kept those and used a Sharpie and wrote initials and, like, what year I got them. And then, like, seven-year-old Bethany was just like, look at my cute little bracelet. Like, <laughs> so it's like, I wish I had done stuff like that. Like, uh... Yeah, but uh, I have it and I don't remember who it came from. Exactly. <laughs> but I, but had you thought ahead, maybe you would have, like, written down who it came from and right. what year you got it and... Right. I did that with my movie tickets. I was looking through no, never my, did that. my picture thing, and I have, like, a whole list of all these movies that I went and saw, and I wrote down the people that I saw it with, <laughs> and it has the time and date and all that other kind nice. of stuff on it. So I was like, wow. I used to have, and I lost it during one of our moves. I don't know where it is. But I used to have a notebook with pressed flowers, and I wrote, like, who I got them from, when I got them, and why I got Aww. them. And I want to start doing that again. But Quentin doesn't buy me flowers anymore, you guys. <laughs> He has not bought me flowers in a really long time, so I need everybody to get on his ass and tell him that I want flowers. He used to buy me flowers, like, every other week, and I haven't gotten any since we moved down here, really. Oh, wow. Just to be fair, we don't have anywhere to put them. But that's not really my point. I would find a place to put them. I have my whole office. They would go right there. He does not do flowers. I don't mind fake flowers. I used to have them all over the house as decoration. Mm -hmm. But Quentin hates fake flowers, and he only likes real flowers so i was like fine buy me real flowers (laughs) and he used to right and i don't know he doesn't he doesn't buy them anymore it's not his thing anymore it's not his thing anymore it's too hot down here they'll melt before it gets (laughs) to you that's so true the sun will melt them in the car (laughs) thorin starts talking about how he expects reward money when cinder becomes queen because, of course, Thorne is thinking about how do I make this current situation of mine profitable. Mm-hmm. Because he also expects there's going to be merchandise, TV and film, sponsorship. Like, I love that his mind is always on the money. Like, yeah. How can I turn this into monetary gain? Yeah, he's a, he's a crafty one, that one. <laughs> his, his very, he, like, dreams of being an entrepreneur, but really he just thinks about money and doesn't actually do a whole lot to achieve anything. Yeah. <laughs> They, they definitely, or she definitely gives him the, the character, like he's the quick, what is it? Uh, the quick schemes. 
get rich quick get, scheme. Yeah, those yeah. Ones, yeah. Get like, rich quick scheme. He is definitely one of those guys. Yes, <laughs> for I sure. Got a deal for you, man. Come here. <laughs> so he says that they can split the money 60, 10, 10, 10, 10. Iko was like, I want to cut because if it's the satellite girl, I'm going on strike. And I'm like, who else would it be? Because Cinder's not going to give herself a cut of the reward money she's giving you. Right. So, she's going to be queen. She's going to have all that money. So. Right. In this theory that Thorne has concocted, this is reward money from Cinder because she's queen. In which case, Thorne gets the 60 and then there's four splits of 10. Iko, Wolf, Scarlet, and as Iko puts it, the satellite girl, whose name is Cress. Cress, guys. She said, my name's Cress. So, just remember that. Not Satellite Girl. How rude. Cress. <laughs> it is rude, because they know her name now. Like, when she gets on the ship, are they going to be like, hey, Satellite Girl? Like, no. <laughs> Call her by her name, please. See, I am horrible with names. And so you I, would call her Satellite I Girl? Would, I would probably be the person that would call her Satellite Girl <laughs> for at least the first two weeks after I meet them. And then, uh, and then You're after still going to call her I, that to her face? No, not to her face. I, <laughs> I have this trick that I do <laughs> where when I first meet someone and I can't remember their name, I, I always just talk directly to them. I never try to say their name until I know their name. Nice. So I try to learn their name on my own time and make sure that they never know that I don't know their name. <laughs> so there's multiple good ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Multiple good ways to like trick someone when you don't know their name. One is ask about spelling, mm-hmm. and it can be anything. Like, my name is spelled in an unusual way. Right. So a lot of times I'll just be like, I mean, you know, names are just weird. Like, I mean, like, my name, that's a totally relatively normal name, but then my mom spelled it weird, right? Right. And your name, well, how do you spell yours? Is mine it the is, regular way? Mine or, is you know? a, yeah, mine is A-M-Y. And the- <laughs> but see, now, now right. I got you to spell your name. Now I know your name. Right. See, that's what I'm saying. So you could do stuff like that, try and... Try and trick people into telling you their name. But I went to church with a girl that her name was Amy, too, as well. We had three Amys in our churches, and all three were spelled differently. Yeah? So it was A-M-I and then A-M-I-E, I believe, was the other one, or E-E or something. See, now you and I just had a whole conversation, and I got you to tell me how to spell your name, which means I know your name now. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt very organic. Yeah. And you even had a story to share with me. So that's one way to do it. Or you could be like Quentin and be like, I'm so sorry, man. What what did, what did you say your name was again? I'm really bad with names. I'm so sorry. Yeah. He's horrible at it. <laughs> but he's gotten really good. He used to, like, be really awkward about it. And now he's like, it's better if I'm just like, hey, I'm really sorry. I don't know your name. When I'm ready to give you my phone number, I'll just hand you my phone and have you put your phone number. There you go. And spell your name into the phone. And exactly. then I'll just repeat the name over and over again. And not to, like... Oh, I hope this isn't rude, but you could even be like, yeah, I mean, I'm dyslexic, so I'm really bad with spelling, so if you could put your own name in, that would really help me out a lot. Oh, the <laughs> dyslexic card is totally something I pull a lot. Okay, good. Then I don't, <laughs> no. I don't feel as bad for suggesting it now. No, don't feel bad. It's a card I use frequently. <laughs> and Thorne, you know Thorne would just be like, dude, what was your name? Like, right. Thorne doesn't care. Right. Thorn doesn't care. No shame. No, no shame, shame in his game. No. <laughs> he wouldn't even do the how do you spell. He wouldn't care about that at all. He would just be like, dude, what was your name again? <laughs> A tall one over there. <laughs> right. Cinder says, can we discuss this imaginary money later? And Scarlet goes, yeah, like when there actually is some money maybe. Right. Something to talk about. How about we talk about how you're going to fly this pod ship that you don't know how to fly? <laughs> this is such a dig from Scarlet to Thorn. <laughs> he takes such pride in his in his pilotry. <laughs> yes, I know. I love it. And he's even like, why? What did Cinder tell you about my flying? And she's like, well, naturally, she told me that you're a fantastic pilot. Right. Absolutely top notch. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can tell, like, it's just like, it was a very, they've had time to bond. Yeah. That bonding of, like, the Cinder looks at her and she looks at Cinder and they, like, they pass a glance between each other and it's like, oh, yeah, I totally know that feeling <laughs> when you can read another person and yes. you're like, yep, I get you. <laughs> Iko says, oh, I think she's been practicing her sarcasm. So even Iko is picking up on their their conversational cues that they have. It's like this this inside joke on the Ramphian. Mm-hmm. And that just shows the uh, how advanced her programming is. 
Yeah, to, that she can pick, pick up, up on, on the sarcasm. Pick up on the sarcasm and pick up on the camaraderie because she's not just picking up on what sarcasm is and how people use it. She's picking up on, oh, this is the context that someone is using it in. And she's turning it into her own joke mm-hmm. of, oh, she's practicing her sarcasm. Right. Which is not something a typical machine should be able to pick up on. Right. Too. Like that is much more of a humanistic. Yeah. It's a very humanistic characteristic. I agree. Thorin says, oh, don't worry. I can handle it. And then he reaches out and tweaks her nose and goes, but you sure are sweet to be so concerned about me. He's such a flirt. Mm-hmm. He's such a flirt. And I love that Wolf bristles. Like, you know, it doesn't mean anything to Thorn. And Wolf is still like, did I say you could touch her? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, back off. <laughs> I love this on page 86. We get a switch in perspectives mid-chapter. And I think that's a first. So if I'm wrong, listeners, please correct me. But that is so cool. Page 86, we go from Cinder's perspective, which we've had for like two pages. And now we're in Thorne's perspective for the rest of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And normally that's when she splits a chapter. She's like, okay, that's the end of a chapter. Now it's a new chapter from Thorne's perspective. But for this chapter, she decided it's still the same chapter, but now we're going to go, we're leaving the ship. We're yeah. going with Thorne to the satellite. Yeah. So we're, we were on the ship. We were in Cinder's point of view, but we're leaving the ship now. So we're going to go with Thorne and be in his point of view and see what happens on the satellite. Mm. And I love being able to switch into the different characters. It makes reading the book fun. It does. And I'm really excited because we need to see what's going to happen on that satellite. Right? I want to know. We (laughs) need to know what's going to happen. And I love that she chose to give it to us from Thorne's perspective. She wasn't like, let me send Scarlet because she's the pilot. Let me send Wolf because he's capable of defending himself who probably would also terrify the girl but she's like yeah we're gonna send thorn aces is that all hair guy is gonna be our welcoming committee (laughs) gonna be a smooth operator (laughs) he does try to be a smooth operator it took him two attempts to attach his pod chip which he thinks isn't bad so he hopes scarlet was watching he's like still took two attempts but i mean i did it (laughs) for a for someone who's a fantastic pilot, maybe it shouldn't have taken more than one attempt, but I'm glad you're proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. So he's a little nervous because dealing with lunars gives him hesitation. Even semi-cute ones. That's cute. It is. Mm, he calls Aww. her semi-cute. I think she's just cute, but you were distracted by all the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Even semi-cute ones that have been driven insane by years of solitude. Again, he knows nothing about her life. He's just assuming that she's a bat crap crazy girl. I mean, to be fair, she spent like three minutes hiding under her desk just because he said aces is that all hair. But he has no idea that it's because she has a crush on him as why she hid underneath the chair. He's drawing his own conclusions based off of just the five minutes that he saw her. Yeah, but I mean, what else is he going to draw? Oh, yeah, that's of? true. He's only known her for five minutes, so that's the only thing he has to. That's the only thing he has to correlate to. And and it's fun as a reader to be like, pretty, no. <laughs> she is pretty awkward. I don't think she's been driven insane, but she's definitely socially inept. Mm. <laughs> but that's to be expected. Of course, I wasn't. Um, driven insane by years of solitude, and I'm socially inept, so certainly not a requirement from living on a satellite. You can have it under any circumstances. Definitely after COVID for so many months, I don't know how I'm going to socialize in large settings again. (laughs) I'm going to be, we went to the grocery store today and it was busy. And I immediately was like, can we go home? Mm -hmm. Like we were in the parking lot. And I was like, I just stopped walking and I was like, it was like, what? I was like, how badly do we need to be here? He's like, well, we need these things. And he like listed stuff off. And I was like, there's just so many people right now. Right? <laughs> I'm just, they're so used to not being around anyone. Right? Like and there's, people. <laughs> there's so many people here. Yeah. For me, when I came back from Germany, it was difficult for me to, to get back into the use to being around people and mm-hmm. stuff like that because I didn't have a whole lot of friends over there. So when I got to Whiteman... I ended up making, like, six friends the first week, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, no. That's awesome. It took me forever to make friends here. My Um, neighbor had a party. That's the reason why I ended up meeting so many people right away. Yeah, I I feel the opposite when we go home. When we go back to Illinois, where all of our friends are, 
then it's us at our friend's house and there's like 15 of us all just hanging out and catching up and it's like old times. And then we leave home and we come back here and it's like, what, what do we do on the weekends again? <laughs> we don't have the same kind of friendships down here. Like we can't just go to somebody's house and hang out in their garage and drink and talk until one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But that's what we do when we're at home because that's what we did when we lived at home. And apparently that's what everybody still does. Yeah. So <laughs> we just, they've, been doing it, they've been doing it without us. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that when he gets in there, his ears pop because that's one of those sensations that I just hate. Mm-hmm. I hate when my ears pop. I can't stand it. Yeah. I, my ears plug up, but they've never popped. <gasps> so I've never had that. I guess technically before. you can make your ears pop. Really? Yeah. You oh, can, okay. you can hold your nose and then, push. and then blow. Oh, okay. And then your ears will pop. I'm not suggesting you do it. Okay. It's very uncomfortable, but you can. They suggest you do it when you get on an airplane because your ears will pop when you reach a certain altitude. So they suggest you do it prior to so that you're more prepared for it and doesn't surprise you. Yeah. And I've been on quite a few airplane rides. They just get, they get plugged up. It just feels like a, it's muffled. Yeah. That's what ears popping is. Oh, okay. It yeah. Doesn't that's hurt, what it though. is. It's uncomfortable. Oh, okay. I don't necessarily think it's painful, but I think it's uncomfortable. I just swallow and it goes away. Yeah. 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 Or they tell you to drink, to chew on um, gum gum or ice cubes. Mm-hmm. I know our ears popped when we drove through Colorado. When we were going to California a couple of years ago, we drove through, oh, I guess it was like six years ago. We drove through Colorado. And when we were going in and out of the mountains, my ears popped mm-hmm. off and on like the whole day. Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, I had like such a headache from the constant influx. Mm-hmm. See, Liam's a lot like that where we get him up in an airplane and he starts grabbing his ears and he starts crying because when he was little was the last time he was on an airplane and he's like, I, he cries, he can't stand it. And everybody's going to react differently. I just thought it was interesting that she included it. She was letting us know that there was some kind of atmospheric shift yeah. from being in his pod ship to being in the satellite. And so his ears popped. Yeah. That was a good inclusion. Mm-hmm. Very realistic. I don't know why I felt like talking about that. I just <laughs> I included it in my notes because I was like, oh, cool, his ears popped. Then I'm sure people listening are like, nobody cares, Bethany, get back to the scary stuff. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's get back to the scary stuff. He goes in. The girl is sitting on the bed. She's all awkward. She's kind of odd. And this whole chapter is like a series of blues clues to me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like something will happen and I'm like, a clue, a clue. <laughs> so here you go, Thorne. This is a clue. Red lights flashing up in the corner. Well, he, he kind of says it's a clue to himself because he's like, he says that it's a contrast with she was smiling, a closed lip, polite look that was entirely at odds with the nerve bundled reaction she'd had over the decom. So it's a it's a completely different reaction than what he previously saw. I mean, yes. unless she has split personality, I mean, it's I mean, entirely possible. She did survive by herself on a satellite for a very long time. Maybe she has multiple personalities. I don't, you got to keep yourself entertained. Yep. Uh, I don't know, but that's not what he thinks. He's just, he's just really confused by it. He's not really picking up on anything. She says that, uh, she was expecting this cyborg. He goes, no need to be so disappointed. Captain Carswell Thorne at your service. I love that so much. (laughs) And I picture him like, like putting his hands on his hips, his his hands on his hips when he Superman says that pose. Superman pose, and then kind of giving her like the side eye, like a like a side smirk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he expects her to flutter her eyelashes and swoon, and instead she just looks away. Okay, you're a little full of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of Entangled when Rapunzel catches. Flynn Rider in her tower, and he's like, you've given me no choice. Here comes the smolder. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, completely... Yeah. She's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> she's what? like, your face looks weird. <laughs> what is this supposed to be? <laughs> and he's like, what? That works. That usually works. works. And she hits him with the prime. <laughs> it's like, the, the kids that know they're cute. Yup. Uh-huh. Yup. It's like, they know they can get away with it, because if they just give you that smile, then you're just gonna give in to whatever it is that they want. <laughs> kids, husbands, dogs, they all do it. Uh-huh. They do. Quentin does that stuff all the time. I love him, but he does stuff all the time, and I'm like, you know, that's not right. <laughs> 
he's just trying to be cute, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and it gets I, under your skin. It does. We just got done cleaning. I cleaned the house today. Like, well, I usually keep the house relatively clean, but like, I went, I like Deep cleaned clean. today because I know I'm starting school again. So it's going to be a while before I can, like, you know, move the stove and clean behind the refrigerator and wash the washing machine and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I got done with everything. I was about to go sit down and read my book, and Quentin was like, We should give the dogs a bath. And I was like, What's this we <laughs> bullshit <laughs> about giving the dogs a bath? You mean you can go give the dogs a bath? you want to give the dogs a bath, I'm like, right now? It's finally done. I'm tired. (laughs) That's a lot of work. Yeah, and we had bananas today. I'll give you some while you're here. We had bananas that were going bad, and he's like, we should make banana bread. I was like, okay, go make banana bread. He's like, I don't know how to make banana bread. I'm like, okay, so when you said we should make banana bread, what you meant was (laughs) Bethany, the bananas are going bad. Can you go make banana bread? Mm-hmm. I love banana bread. I, I made you can have stuff. some banana bread. I made it. It's oh. banana walnut and yeah. there's a, a a glaze on top of it and Ooh, it's tasty. I'm gonna get spoiled today. Maybe I'll share the <laughs> recipe on uh on Patreon like I did with my cookies. There you go. So she does not swoon as he expects. Instead, she just kind of stares at him, glances away very, very nonchalantly, like she doesn't have a care in the world. And, like, she's bored almost. He's very confused, but he doesn't really say anything. He's just like, uh, all right, well, we got to get going. Are you all packed up? And she's like, Jacin and I will go get her then. He's like, he, like, kind of acts like Jacin is, a like, an imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. Like, she goes, Jacin, my guard. He goes, right. Well, why don't you invite your friend Jacin join us and let's get going. So he's still unaware of what's going on. And there's a couple of weird moments. And then Sybil finally reveals herself on page 88. I love this transition. Mm, it is good. The nest of hair grew dark and silky as a raven's wing. Her eyes changed from sky blue to slate gray. Her pale skin turned golden and her body stretched upward, becoming tall and graceful. Even her clothes changed from the plain, worn day dress to a dove white coat with long sleeves. Thorne was quick to bury his surprise. A thaumaturge. Figured. I like that he's quick to bury his surprise, though. He's like, oh, sh-. Nope, nope. Keep yourself together, man. Right. Don't show weakness. <laughs> it's definitely... Uh, a card player. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I could never play poker. Or anything like that, because I just, I can't, I can't hide my facial expressions. There's there's an episode of Friends where the girls are learning to play poker, and Phoebe gets cards, and she's like, yes! And then everybody stares at her, and she's like, or no. (laughs) After Sybil reveals herself, there's um, a couple minutes where there's, like, a little bit of back and forth. Thorne has this moment where he, he's like, maybe the girl was bait. Maybe she was in on it, but I thought I had better instincts than that. And I really wanted to be like, you do. You do have better instincts than that. She's not bait. She's not. She didn't betray you. This is, it's just, it happened, man. Right? It was bad timing. Horrible timing. And it's like, come on. She's a good girl. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) She is not the bad guy. You're good. She's not the bad guy. Your instincts were dead on. But he looks around the satellite and there's no sign of the girl. But he hears that another pod ship docks and he gets really hopeful. He's like, oh, my crew, my crew is here. They're here to save me. He tries to send them a mental warning. Mm-hmm. It reminds me very much of Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to explode Leonard's head. <laughs> By concentrating him. Yeah. <laughs> this is where he tries to use his gun too. Oh yeah. This is my favorite part. Yeah. He tries <laughs> to pull his gun out and then he says... You can't blame me for trying. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he tries to pull her his gun and she gets control of him. Yeah, I mean, he's fighting for his life. Of course he's going to try yeah, and fight back. He doesn't like, need to just roll over and take it. Right? She goes, Captain, is it? I'm commandeering this ship in the name of my queen. I'm going <laughs> to take your ship and give it to my queen. Yeah. Reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Where he's like. Where they always call him Jack Sparrow, and he's like, Captain, Captain, Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow. Yep. I love that movie. It's a good movie. I love that movie so much. Everybody go watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. 
It's really good. It is. I do not recommend the other ones. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe not their sequels, but like the first one is good. Right. The first three are a good telling of like your classic three three book series type of thing. But once the you trilogy. get yeah, the trilogy. Once you get past the third one and you're into the fourth and fifth one, it's like, oh God, why are you trying anymore? <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are just greedy now. Yeah, you're, you're just, just greedy. <laughs> She says, aiding a fugitive is a death sentence, which I'm going to carry out now. And he says, I like your efficiency. He really is handling things very well. Mm-hmm. He's very quick on his feet. He's, like, adapting to the situation very quickly. Mm-hmm. Very quickly adapting. He thinks that it might be Cinder walking in since he heard the pod ship dock, but it's not. It's a guard. It's just in. Mm-hmm. And he goes, <laughs> I thought she was making you up. <laughs> Because he thought that Justin was, like, this weird imaginary friend. And he was like, uh, yeah. Why don't you and Justin come along? We Uh got to get going. Yep. (laughs) And it's a good thing that that she was, she's not making him up. She's not crazy. No, she's not crazy. (laughs) No, because she's she's not not even the girl that you thought she was. She's not even there. They kind of ignore Thorne. And Sybil says, all right, we're going to take this pod chip and go to the Rambian. And... Thorne says, you know, it's actually really tricky to attach the pod. Maybe I should go do it for you. Mm-hmm. I like that because it's like he's using Scarlet's words. But he twisted like, he them twisted against. Them around. Yeah, he yeah. twisted them against Jacin instead. And I like this. this like, Jacin kind of gives him a side eye, like a smug look. Like, nice try, pal. <laughs> Good effort. But You're not going to have a Scooby-Doo moment <laughs> on me. Sybil so. <laughs> makes him tie himself up with a blanket. So he he literally has to wrap himself, his arms into a blanket, and then tie it off with his teeth. Which is a totally freaky thing for me. Not having control over your bodily functions terrifies me. <laughs> I don't like the teeth yanking thing. Mm. I can't, I don't use my teeth for anything other than eating. Mm. I hate, And you know how some people use their teeth to like, pull things apart or like like break things open i don't do that yeah that would be me (laughs) yeah no that freaks me out i hate quentin uses his teeth for everything and i'm like why nick's mom gets after me constantly for that he went to open a package of cheese today Mm. with his teeth i was like it has a pull thing on it use the tab it has one of those little pull things on it see i only use it if i'm desperate that if I'm if I'm at like I've tried to open it at least four or five times, I'm using my teeth. I'm done after that. No, because scissors are sharper than my teeth. <laughs> but my teeth are right there. It's just quick. See, that's not desperate if it's right there. If you you haven't convenient. tried you haven't tried everything. If you haven't tried scissors yet, <laughs> let me introduce you to this new thing. It's called scissors. <laughs> These sharp metal blades—they work really well. <laughs> But that's the part that freaks me out. I don't like that he has to use his teeth, but he does. She says that she's excited to go back to Luna with his ship and tell everyone that Cinder is no longer a threat. And he he says, anything I can do to assist Her Majesty's benevolent cause. See, adaptable. Mm -hmm. It's got witty comebacks. Right? I'm just not that witty. I am not that witty. No. I would just be like, please don't make me. Actually, I probably would have passed out. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I do, right? I pass out. So I probably would have passed out already, which mm-hmm. is fine. I wouldn't be aware of what's going on. I'd probably hyperventilate. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'd like to think that I would be stronger in a in a, a, a stressful circumstance, but I don't know if I would. Yeah. The only time I've ever been brave is when I was with you. So. Oh, yeah? When, yeah. I, when I dislocated my shoulder? <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to forget that conversation with Quentin. Why do you think it's dislocated? Well, it's not in the socket anymore. <laughs> you guys aren't just being dramatic. And I love you in the background like, no, it's definitely not attached anymore. No, it's definitely not where it should be. <laughs> there's both. There's things sticking out and it's gross. And I'm taking her to the emergency room. And Quentin's just like, but is it really dislocated? Or are you guys being like crazy dramatic right now? And it's like, and then he gets to the, I love when he eats this at the hospital and he's like, yeah, that does look a little weird, huh? You think? Yeah. You think? You fell down and hit the cement. Like, <laughs> this is a hard surface, man. Sybil says that she was going to turn off the oxygen support and let them just gasp for her air until they die. But that's going to take too long. And she doesn't want them to have enough time to call for assistance. 
So she's going to be merciful, and he should consider himself lucky, which he always does. Mm-hmm. Of course he always does, right? Yeah. Which he is a lucky guy. I mean, he happened to be in the right cell at the right time. He did happen to be in the right cell at the right time. <laughs> and he had a port. Yeah. Because that, that like, hot chick guard lady gave him a port. Like, he's got so many things that happened to him that are lucky. Mm-hmm. Like, they've just been able to hit one thing after another right at yep. the right time. They have. So now he she makes him go into the washroom. And now it's revealed. Now he sees he sees the girl. He saw the girl tied up with a sheet around her hands, knees, and ankles, and a cloth gag in her mouth. Well, we know that she's a shell and Sybil can't control her. Right. Which means Sybil actually is the one that tied her up and gagged her. So you know those knots are tight, tight, tight. Mm-hmm. And you know she wasn't gentle about it, especially after Crush tried to run away. Well, yeah, and she probably fought her. Too, mm-hmm. which when you're struggling and trying to get away, I would imagine it would make someone like try to like pull it even harder. Yep, just out of out of response. Yeah, remnants of tears streaked down her blotchy face. She's crying. I know. I mean, it feels so bad for her. I have this poor girl. Hasn't she been through enough? I know. Her hair was a tangled mess on the ground all around her. Many of the locks caught up in her bindings. So on top of being all like gagged which really freaks me out because i have a terrible gag reflex and being tied up her hair is caught in the the bindings Mm -hmm. which means anytime she moves even just a little bit it's probably yanking her entire head right and it's just like having your hair yanked on is not fun my dad used to do it as a punishment when I was a kid. It is, it hurts. I still can't believe that because I've never heard of a parent pulling a kid's hair as punishment. It's like the kind of thing kids do. Oh, yeah. He'd get that little hair right on the back of my head, twist his finger around it, and pull right up. Ooh. So it parents. Like, you pay attention now. Yeah. <laughs> you do not get to act like a fool in the grocery store. <laughs> I don't think my parents ever pulled my hair like that, but I definitely think that that's something like kids do to each other. Yeah. But I've always had curly, thick, curly hair. So, like, I'm, I have, like, a relatively strong scalp now from just years of yanking brushes through it before I realized you weren't supposed to brush curly hair. Yeah. See, my curls didn't come in until after I had kids. Really? Yeah. My cur- interesting. Yeah. My hair did not curl until after I had kids. Uh, my whole life I had flat, straight hair. It was just really thin, and I had a very sensitive head. And my mom, like, could not brush my hair out. I would cry all the time when she'd brush it because I just, I didn't like other people touching my hair. Yeah. And then after I had Ella and stuff like that, I had to figure out how to deal with curly hair. I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with curly hair. I'm 30 and I've had it my whole life and you just have to embrace the mess. Yeah. But her hair is all kinds of tangled up. This is a really good part. This is why I'm glad we're in Thorne's perspective. Because this is where Thorne realizes that they she didn't betray them. Right. And I love that Thorne gets to come to that realization of like, okay, she's a victim too. Mm-hmm. She didn't betray us. She didn't set us up. She wasn't bait. She wasn't in on it. She's a good person. She's a good person. And she's a victim too. More so even mm-hmm. because she's been held captive on this satellite for the last seven years. And the one time she tries to help somebody. Yeah. She's now being murdered. Girl does not have good luck. <laughs> no, no. It's a good thing you're lucky, Thorne, because she right, might need she it. She needs some luck. <laughs> yeah. She has not had the best luck at all. Um, And Thorne says, is all that, is this all necessary? You're scaring the poor girl. Crescent has no reason to be upset. It was her betrayal that brought us to this moment. Right. The five-foot-tall girl's tied up and gagged in the bathroom is always the one to blame. She's so little. Right? Five feet tall. She's so little. She's so little. What are you so scared of? Like You You know what? Ashley is five-foot-tall, and that girl is tough. Right? But Crescent doesn't give off the inflection of being a tough person. Like, if, if you're a tough person, like, your size doesn't matter. Right. But Ashley's only five feet tall, and Ashley's a, a tough girl. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mess with Ashley. Don't mess with Ashley, you guys. Right. Not that you need to, because she's actually really sweet. But <laughs> I'm just saying. She's she's shorter than me by, like, a whole inch, which she likes. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it gets to make <laughs> me feel tall. Yeah. And she knows how rare that is when you're a short person. So she's like, I was like, oh, we're so close to being the same height. She's like, no, 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 this is a good thing. I once met someone who was 4'10", and I felt like a giant the whole day. So now I get to be the reason that you feel tall. And I was like, yeah, 
yeah, yeah, I can reach things. <laughs> Let me help you with that. <laughs> I think we'd still have to give each other a boost to actually reach things. But right. <laughs> I saw a meme today about short girl problems, and it had the uh, girl like halfway into the laundry. Like, I actually used to have a stepper. <laughs> when we had a top load washer, I had like a step lad, a little like you know those little um steppers they give to kids that have like the handprints and the frog face on it. Yes. I had one of those in front of our washer because I couldn't reach it. Yeah, I mean so, you gotta do what you gotta but do. But now we have now we have a front load, so it doesn't matter. Right. How short I, am. I have to have a step stool when we're in the kitchen because I can't reach the top the top shelf. And at Eltis, Oklahoma and base housing there, it goes all the way up to the ceiling. Yeah, Thaumaturge Sybil says that she's granting Cress's greatest wish. Hmm. She's going to send them to Earth, and she takes the little decom chip with her. She leaves. Thorn hears her walking away. He hears his pod ship engine, and there's like a jolt when it disconnects from the satellite. And now he feels helplessness. Now yeah. it's hitting him. There's no more quick witty comebacks. Right. Now he's actually stuck. Yeah, he's feeling it now. He's feeling that helplessness. And you as the reader are like, oh my god, what's going to happen? It's like a wave washing over him. Mm-hmm. He's been able to to buck up this whole time, and now it's like wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She taken his ship. And so he has one moment where he's like, but the Rampion will come and save me. My crew will notice what's going on, and they'll come save me. But then he sends something new. A slight pull. A gentle shift, and the girl whimpered. The satellite's trajectory had been altered. Gravity was claiming them, drawing them out of their orbit. The satellite was falling toward Earth. And that's just terrifying. And that's a terrifying way to leave, an ep- leave a chapter. But it is how we leave the chapter. I know. And it's how we're going to leave the episode on this huge high of, like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> Next time on this exciting episode. <laughs> Next time on Prince Kai Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just like, that is my favorite part about her books is how well she leaves off chapters to where you want to read more. Yeah. She's one of those authors where you have that game with yourself of like, just one more chapter. Am I going to stay one more chapter? <laughs> do I have any sick leave? <laughs> How much do I really love whoever I have plans with tomorrow? (laughs) Can I call and cancel now? (laughs) And this is why my new favorite thing in the world is Scribd, Mm. which is an app. You can get like ebooks and audiobooks. Oh. And it's like $10 a month. And it's my new favorite thing because I've been trying to read more, but I have all these things going on. Right. And so the book series that I'm reading right now, which I own, I have the hardcovers of. They also have the audiobooks on Scribd. And so I was able to go back and forth between the audiobooks and then my hardcover. So, like, when I was, you know, cooking and doing the dishes and cleaning the house and giving the dogs a bath, I was able to listen to the audiobook. And then I was done and I could sit down and read. I was able to go back to my hardcover. And it was was much easier to be able to read the books. I could just kind of go back and forth between the two. That's awesome. See, that's one thing that I wish that um, my audiobook, like I have the new Songbird Ballad mm-hmm. book, and I started reading that one on my audiobook off Amazon, but it only gives you what chapter you're on. It doesn't give you what page number you're on. Yeah, that makes it really difficult. So it was like when I went back and I tried to like actually read out of the book, I had to hunt down for like a half an hour to find where I was exactly in the chapter. Yeah, and you know what? This book, what's hard about series I'm reading right now is the chapters aren't uh, numbered, mm. but they're numbered on the audiobook. I have those. Yeah. <laughs> they're not numbered, but they're numbered on the audiobook. So the audiobook will be like chapter 13. And so I have to go through my book and be like chapter, I have to count which chapter oh, because the chapters in the book are aren't numbered. numbered. So that's oh, frustrating. That is but, frustrating. But it still gives me an opportunity to do to read while I'm right. doing other things. So yeah. that's still helpful. So everybody go check out Scribd. That's awesome. Um, and thank you, Amanda Elligan from Adapted for Reviewing Podcast for recommending it. <laughs> so today we have two songs for you, because I know you couldn't think of a song, so I found two. Mm-hmm. That way, Patreon people still had something to vote on. I had Jetpack Blues by Fall Out Boy, because mm-hmm. they're the best band in the universe. They are. I love Fall Out Boy. I love Fall Out Boy. And that's a great song for this chapter. 
Um, and then I also chose Sit Still, Look Pretty by Dea, just because of that one scene when Sybil is pretending to be Cress and she's sitting on the bed so perfectly still with that closed-lipped smile and her hands in her lap and her hair is like over her shoulder and Thorn walks in and that's all he sees. And I, I remember right. thinking of that song. She's trying to be something that she's not. Yeah. she is definitely not a good person. <laughs> no, she's not cute and innocent and I think Thorne said semi-cute, but I'm going to say just cute. Right. She's just cute. She's adorable. She is. So what was your chapter quote? My quote was, Thorne shrugged with one uncontrolled shoulder. You can't blame me for trying. You can't. Right? He's fighting for his life. Got to give it to him. He at least tried. He went out swinging. Mm -hmm. He didn't just, you know, cow over. Right? Yeah, I don't. I don't blame them for trying. I always tend to go for those characters, the characters that are like, you know, I'm not going down without a fight. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it up. I'm gonna do whatever I can to survive. Mm-hmm. If I have to die, that's fine. But I'm not dying without dignity. Yeah. Have you ever watched The Hundred? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, he reminds me. Thorn reminds me of one of the characters in The Hundred. Mm-hmm. It will add it to my very long list of things. <laughs> there's a book series about it, but there's a television oh, series. I'd probably, I would rather read the books. Yeah, the books are are way different than the television. Yeah, series. they always are, right? Yeah, but from what I've I've been told, because I've never read the books, but I've watched the television series with my best friend Kay, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it back and forth. And there's one character; he is definitely the guy that's witty. <laughs> and thinks on his feet, and he's been there since the beginning, and he, like, he, you always think he's going to get, but he just gets out of it. <laughs> well, I, I hope that Cress and Thorne get out of this situation, because this, this chapter ended on a very, like, right, terrifying, anxiety-driven moment of, like, what? <laughs> no way. And everybody on the Rampion has no idea what's going on. Right. They're just like, hey, why isn't Thorne back with Satellite Girl yet? Like... Oh, golly. But that's next week's episode. So my quote was, Thorne's gut tightened. He'd been sure that she had betrayed them, but her trembling body and horrified expression said otherwise. I just like that we get to have this moment with Thorne where he realizes that his instincts were right. She is a good girl. She wasn't betraying them. She wasn't a trap. She wasn't bait. She wasn't in on it. Right. You know. Yeah. It's nice to have him realize that because you're hoping for him to be able to come to that realization at the beginning of the chapter and it's nice to and and you don't necessarily blame him for thinking that it was a trap because it definitely seems that way and she is lunar yeah so i i totally understand his reparation of being like oh man it was a trap all along but I just, I'm so glad that we get to have that moment where it's like, no, see, we told you. Yeah. She's good. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so this week, the bonus word hair came up four times. The bonus word captain came up twice. And there were four Easter eggs. Next week, we're going to talk about chapter 10. Please rate, review, and subscribe and follow us on Instagram. Check out the Patreon. $1 a month. Yeah, it's great. You get so much content for I did, yeah. I did just put up a bonus episode where Ashley and I talked about the movie Shrek, too. So if you guys like Shrek, there's now a bonus episode about it. I love that movie. Yeah. I remember when that movie first came out. Back when the book sleeves for my math book. (laughs) (laughs) I remember watching that movie for the first time with my parents. And I remember it being, like, one of the first animated movies where I was like, I don't think this is made for kids. (laughs) Yeah. Because they do make animated movies for adults. But I think that was one of the greatest things about Shrek is that it's good for, like... It was a first of its kind. Yeah. You can do a whole family can watch that movie. Because before, it was Toy Story. I'm saying, like, uh, Toy Story was was the cutting edge of a computer technology. Like, Oh, I uh, didn't know that. When when movies first came out, or when, the, when uh, digital movies first came out, it was Toy Story. Toy Story was the very first digital full-length animated feature and so it was a big huge thing yeah i definitely didn't out. know that yeah and uh i remember when it when it came out uh shrek was more along the lines of like it wasn't a disney film no it was dreamworks yeah it was dreamworks it was another company that was coming out because before it had all been pixar and so for dreamworks to come out with this other like high 
money valued movie to to come out. I'm sure there were other ones that didn't have like as much hype and stuff like that to it, but Shrek was the first one that was like Yeah. And hey. Ashley and I talked about that a lot too and about how they kind of played jokes about uh Disney movies mm-hmm. during the So and to hear kind of why it was is because yeah. they were like kind of poking fun at Disney. Exactly. <laughs> and so if you want to hear more about that, go check out Patreon. Uh there's also Several bonus episodes on there now. There's a Ella Enchanted one. What about the first chapter of Instant Karma? A Taylor Swift one. Lots of lots of ones for everybody to go check out if you want to join. And you can check that out at patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. And I think that's it for this week. Yeah. For the third mm-hmm. time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. Yeah. It's always appreciated. Thanks for having me. It was good being back again. Everybody wear your masks. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. And, of course, don't get glamoured. Don't get glamoured. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Press by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Amy Hall. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening.